Attention Pokemon players, you are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. On today's episode, Chuck misplays his favorite card. Jake has a good start. And we have an NAIC recap. How are we doing today, Chuck? How are we doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. Right. Um, like I was kind of, you know, alluded to, it was NAIC week. There was a lot of fun stuff to get to. Um, but kind of, I guess, a little bit before we get to that, how was your week? Um, any highlights, um, you know, qu- uh, like the quick cliff notes of, of your week um, this week? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we this week was really busy. Uh Officially moved everything into my new house. And as soon as we got everything in the house, uh, I closed up shop at here and went to NISC. So, and then uh, met you guys there Mm -hmm. and we had a good time there. Um, I don't know if you want me to go on my run now or we... No, we'll talk about the run after all our opening stuff. Yeah. So uh, we'll go over that later. Uh, Had a lot of fun at NISC. And then... Uh, I have a couple. I have a couple stories to tell, but we'll get to them later. And then, mm-hmm. uh, uh, end of the weekend, wrecking my car on the way back. So, right. uh, recovering from that, it's all good. We're all alive. No one's hurt. I'll get a new car eventually. Right. We'll go from there. I think safety's first. I mean, we all say safe travels, and sometimes I think we just kind of say it as just like passing. But no, it's like it, truly like when we we got yeah. home and saw that you got in a wreck and saw your car. I was like devastated. I was like, Oh my God, are you okay? Um, thankfully, I mean, from what you've described it, you have a shoals, a sore shoulder. I can't say that, um, very quickly. And then, um, that seems to be it. Um, so super lucky that you, you know, got out of there basically unscathed after seeing the picture of your car. It was, um, horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. The car is going to be gone. So that's going to be totaled and the sore shoulder, as as multiple people have explained to me, that's probably because the seatbelt did its job. Right. So wear your seatbelts because it's safe, and then uh, just be safe out there. So um, I'm still glad we have our Chuck, yeah. uh, have my co-host, uh, and all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, always, no matter how you're traveling, um, to go to these events, go, going to and from, um, just be safe out there for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's all I can really say. <laughs> Don't drive country roads. <laughs> Stick to the highways, guys. <laughs> right. It was funny because, you know, driving from Ohio through through uh, West Virginia back to um, Pennsylvania, um, just that small stretch of West Virginia we had to go through, uh, it instantly started pouring rain, um, and we got in a couple of fishy situations. Uh, as soon as we got back into PA, it was fine. You know, in Ohio, it was fine, but just that small area of West Virginia was just un unpleasant and bad weather <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i did get a bit of a little bit of rain on my way back too but uh not uh when my accident occurred but right it uh, is just a freak thing and uh we'll go from there and and live and learn and just be happy that everyone's okay walked away okay so for sure for sure so let's get back to pokemon how was your week jake well, my week, I mean, again, we'll go into my run there, but um, it was great getting, getting to see everybody again. Um, and, you know, some people, you know, I saw the first couple of regionals, some people um, getting to meet uh, for the first time in person, um, still being, you know, this Internet age of Pokemon. So it was great seeing those people um, and then had a really fun time, um, had a pretty 
okay run to start at least. Um, and like I just playing against every single one of my opponents um, was a joy. Every win or loss, um, you know, they were all um, good sports, um, good pace of play, good conversation, no saltiness. Um, like I said, uh, you know, whenever it went well for me, they're like, oh, that was a great move. Uh, whenever, you know, it went bad for me, I feel like, you know, there was no real salt. Um, so it was just fun. Uh, being able to see that and then also just watching the stream at the end uh, and, you know, going into, you know, day two, um, watching those guys fight for the top eight and then watching some top eight games as well. Um, and then, you know, side events, everything was just so fun. Um, and, you know, we'll go in a little bit more detail, but it was just it was a joy to see what Pokemon does um, on the grand stage. Um, I thought regionals were awesome, uh, but this IC was, you know, a step above that even. Uh, so it was great seeing um, all that. Yeah, I want I, I want to echo that that NIC whole event was just well done, and it was great to see Pokemon put on such a great event. Right, um, and and on top of that, it just motivated me to continually try to improve as a player. Um, you know, just just to see it and be up on one of the stages like that would be like a dream come true, um, and you know, earn it and like that. Um, and, and some of the competitors I played against for sure, um, one of them made top eight. Um, so being able to play against him and then just kind of pick his brain, uh, was, was amazing and, you know, just something to be learned from, I guess. Yeah. All right. Do we want to get into some, some other talk or right into our. Yeah, let's, let's start that. Let's start with our, our fun shenanigans. We got some good news as well, um, to talk about before we talk about the IC and all that stuff. So let's jump in to random card madness to start. All right, so I was going to stick with uh, the Pokemon Go set since it is our newest release mm -hmm. that is somewhat not yet released in the U.S. It's, it's coming soon, but uh, if those of you who were at NIC could have gotten some Japanese packs if you wanted because it is out over there, um, but uh, there's still 78 cards in that set. We only, I think we've only talked about one or two in Random Card Madness so far, so... Uh, I'm generating another random card of number 54. And 54 takes us to, oh, I kind of like this one. It takes us to Eevee, the single prize, regular uh, prize Eevee, um, 60 HP, colorless Pokemon. It's two attacks. So we have, uh, for one colorless, whiny voice. Choose a random card from your opponent's hand, and your opponent reveals that card and shuffles it into their deck. And then uh, another tackle for two colorless uh, called tackle, another attack. I said for 20. So 20 damage for two energy. So this Pokemon has a little bit of uh, card disruption. One energy attack, and then you take a card out of the, their opponent's hand. <laughs> I mean, I don't think this EV is world breaking um, by itself. Uh, it does definitely have a little disruption as a like last ditch effort. At least it's better than like just passing. Um, yep. So you can potentially do something there. Um, but I think, you know, it's there to evolve into um, its evolutions um, more so than the actual thing. But again, um, some serviceable, well, a serviceable um, attack, I, that tackle for 20, I'm not doing it for me because you can't even put a D DTE on it um, or a power or the, the you know, the, yeah, DTEs, because then you're just doing no damage for the, an attach so <laughs> yeah uh, 
it's definitely there for the the disruption. You usually that tackle uh, not going to be world mind blowing if you get the two energies on it. So, um, yeah, I hear you on that one. So that was a little bit of a short one. I'm going to double dip if you don't Do, care. Double dip. So I, I redid a number and we got number 17, which just gets us to the big boy Blastoise. So uh, we may have talked about this card before because, uh, but this is not a radiant version, mm. regular old stage two Blastoise. And uh, it comes with an ability called Vitality Spring. Um, this ability says once during your turn, you may search your deck for up to six energy cards and attach them to your Pokemon in any way you like, then shuffle your deck. If you use this ability, your turn ends and Hydro Pump 90 plus is the attack that he gets with four energy and it does 30 more damage for each water energy. Um, shades of old Diluge Blastoids, but um, the ability is a lot different than Diluge. So for sure. what do you think of this card, considering Eevee essentially was going to end up in a bulk uh, with her with its lack. I, I want to get your thoughts on this one first. My thoughts on this one. Um, so uh, it may see play a little bit. Um, Hydro Pump is a pretty decent attack. Um, at I mean, it does cost four energy, but you're talking about accelerating a bunch of energies. Um, I don't know exactly. I mean, because it does have shades of the old playing GLC this NAIC weekend of Deluge Blastoise where you get to just accelerate a bunch of energies and, and do a bunch of stuff, but it's not as good. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to use it in GLC, but maybe if you wanted to try and do something similar in standard, um, you can use this Blastoise because it is, it is something you can repeat. Uh, it's not something like when he just revolve evolves and something like that. So yeah. You may see it in some sort of single prize deck, but he's I mean, most likely going to end up in the bulk. Mo most likely. But what do you think? I, I, I tend to agree with that. I mean, it's definitely a card to test and play around um, and always keep on the forefront of your mind. Because, you know, um, an ability that you can just continuously use every turn um, and without having to evolve or anything like that, like a Genesect or Bibarel or something to that effect, um, is, is decent, is at least worth looking at because, you know, you're, there's less setup after the fact. And most of the time you're not necessarily going to have those guys gusted up, uh, <laughs> cause they're going to go after other things. Um, you know, the, the attack is serviceable. Is it like completely broken? No, but, um, it definitely can be a good piece to a deck. I don't know if it's going to be the, the focal, um, at least in my mind. Yeah. yeah I think he'll probably end up in bulk but you know right. might see someone trying to use it because of those the 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 close uh closeness to the old old style of the blastoise del with deluge right all right so we double dipped uh our uh random card madness but i think we can move into trivia now it's time, time for trivia trivia let's do, all right. let's do some trivia all right uh, I'll, I'll start and I'm going to go, go with back, back to my Pokedex entry. I'm going to tell you a Pokedex entry. I'll mm -hmm. give you a little hint. Um, it's a legendary Pokemon, Pokemon this time. So, and you have to guess and tell me what it is. All right. So this is the pitch black Pokemon. It can lull people to sleep 
and make them dream. It is active during nights of the new moon. So it's a nice short one. Legendary. New moon. I I I'm at a loss right here. I You're making me think it's like a dark type pokemon, but I don't I can't think of any legendary dark unless it's like Galarian Moltres, but that's not in Pokemon Go. Um <laughs> kind of on the right pace. Um, Got some of it. Same thinking uh, dark. Who was not legendary? Who's dark want legendary. Another, want another hint? hint? Hint me. Hint, hint, hint. Uh, it is a. It is on an ETB. Dark ride. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how I didn't know that right away. I'm sorry, everybody. I feel like I failed you, even though I got it right. <laughs> Good job. You Dark got Rise it. legendary? Uh, he, uh, he's either legendary or mythical. I think he's legendary. I don't know. This just shows how much of the lore I know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's legendary in in the in the the scope of um Pokemon Go. Right. Least. So I I was just kept, I kept thinking birds and dogs and. I knew they weren't either one of those um, legendary sets. So, <laughs> All right. Hit me with All your right. question. All right. Um, playing that same game as I normally do. Um, name that Pokemon this ability belongs to. Standard legal as per the use. Um, and the ability name is Bug Transformation. Bug Transformation. So it's... It's a bug Pokemon, which doesn't. I'm sorry, tra transmission. I'm I'm dyslexic. <laughs> bug transmission. Bug transmission. Mm -hmm. Not transformation. Added an extra letter in there. Bug transmission. Um, I'm gonna go with. It has to be one of them little buggers. Um, it's not a bee drill. I don't think. And it can't be a Butterfree. Do you Maybe want me there's to a... give you a hint? Sure. It is a basic Pokemon. Or, I'm sorry, a colorless Pokemon. Colorless not, Pokemon. He's not basic. That makes it even harder. Um, not basic. Not basic, not... and he's colorless. You got me on that. It's that bug transmit. Oh. It is that card that we all know and love and play quite often. That's Porygon Z. Ah, oh, you got me good on that one. <laughs> I was not anywhere thinking of Porygon. So whenever you attach an energy card from your hand to this Pokemon during your turn, you may make your opponent's active Pokemon confused. That's pretty cool. But it would be kind of cool, except you have to attach it to this one and not attaching to your attacker. Um, and it is a stage two, so getting it out, not necessarily easy. Um, haven't seen play in there. If there was an easy way, if it wasn't attached energy, and it was just like do that every turn, that might be, be pretty busted. 
to yeah. uh, at least make your opponent have to play around potentially having a coin flipped. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, I'm so you had me good on on that one. I just could not think of that at all. I was sitting here trying to go through like Butterfree, Weedle. Like I was trying right. to think of all uh, the mother. I don't understand because like I never thought Porygon was a bug. Uh, so that what kind of confused me when I read it, and that's why I figured, hmm, maybe I'll throw him off off the scent. Yep, you got me good. Got me good. All right, talking about getting good. Let's get a good meta report and jump into Turtwig Talks, the meta. Ladies and gentlemen, trainers and Pokemon alike, you're listening to (laughs) Turtwig Talks, the meta. This is your host Ryan, otherwise known as All Right for Gaming. I'm joined by none other than the best starter of all time, Turtwig. This week, we have 14 tournaments, 1,251 unique deck plays, and 3,264 matches to cover this week. Now, let's get into those top 8s. Starting off, RCS Pikachu had uh, 8 top 8s, Blissey had 8 top 8s, Mew had 19 top 8s, RCS had 24 top 8s, and Palkia had 27 top 8s to round off the week. That's it for this week's top 8s. Let's get into those boring meta numbers. All these decks had over a 50% win rate this week. Those being Arceus and Teleon, Palkia and Teleon, Eugenesect, Arceus Duraludon, Blissey Miltank, and Arceus Pikachu. Notable changes to Arceus and Teleon, Eugenesect, the Regis, Arceus Duraludon, and Ice Rider. Arceus and Teleon was up in play percentage by about 6%, Eugenesect was down in win percentage by 3%, Regis were down in win percentage by 6.5%, taking it underneath 50%, being around 41%. Not good for the Regis. Arceus Duraludon was down in win percentage by 4%, and Ice Rider was up in win percentage by 4%, still not getting it up to 50%, so Ice Rider hopefully can come back next week and bounce back. Next, I would like to give some appreciation to our local group at Heroes in Comics by shouting out the winner of our Thursday Locals. This week's event was cancelled due to nobody showing up because they were all at the North American International Championships. Now let's talk about the decks that won this week. RCS Pikachu and Regis had one win each. RCS had three wins, Palkia had four wins, and Mew took the top with five wins this week. Now Turtwig worked hard on getting all this data ready just for you, so if you could let us know on Twitter at ry gaming your thoughts on this week's report. That does it for this week's Turtwig Talks the Meta. I hope you all enjoyed and had a wonderful time. Until next time, be safe. Take care, Pokemon trainers. All right. Thanks for another great meta report, Ryan. It is now time, as we usually do, talk about some news. So this week... The news is all based around Lost Origin. Um, Lost Zone. You, you said Lost Zone, right? Lost Zone. The Lost Zone is back. The Lost Zone is back, yes. Uh, the set is called Lost Origin, and that's going to bring us back to the Lost Zone. Um, and if you're, in Jam- if you're in Japan, it's called Lost Abyss. So there's a lot of Lost going on. Mm-hmm. But uh, we got some cool card releases, and the big thing that we are going to see is, like you said, the return of the lost zone and that whole mechanic um and the big poster child we have right now for this set um is giratina uh so we have a giratina v mm-hmm. and a giratina v star and i'm super pumped for this card um i think it's going to be pretty good um so the gear I'll, I'll hit you real quick with the giratina v it's a dry there giratina is going to be a dragon pokemon Okay. Um, uh, the basic uh, 220 HP um, it has two uh, two attacks. 
Uh, one is called Abyss Seeker. Look at the top four cards of your deck, put two of them in your hand, and put the remaining cards in the Lost Zone. So a uh, neat way to get things into the Lost Zone, which you'll get to, like, why would you want to put your own cards in the Lost Zone? You'll get mm -hmm. there. <laughs> uh, and then uh, it has for Grass, Psychic, and Colorless Shred for 160 damage. Uh, does the exact same thing that Dragapult Shred did. It hits through. The, this damage isn't affected by effects on your opponent's active Pokemon. So, you know, Mill Tank. See you later. Still going through it. Um, so that's that's a good use for a V. You have that hit through things uh, ability, uh, at least on the V. Yeah, and I believe that shred is actually <laughs> more more um, damage done to your opponent than Dragapult did. Uh, so is... being able to take stuff out. So I believe what Dragapult looking here, shred his shred did 60 damage. So you're doing 100 extra damage. So you're taking out um, like mill tanks, like you said, or other things when, you know, Dragapult would not be doing that. Yeah. And, and, but I mean, you might say, oh, well, how does he get the extra damage? He does require a grass and a psychic and a colorless. So three energy, a little bit more and odd cost. It's an odd cost. Um, and going into even just the V star um, with this dragon, um, the one colorless makes this doable, I think, um, because, you know, we have Gardena's in the in the format right now so you can yep. accelerate um to grass and then just try to find that psychic so potentially being able to gum up and hit in one turn uh, again potentially yep. now let's get to the the big showstopper the v-star so uh your team is getting a v-star not a v-max and you evolve this up either it's up to 280 hp so your team is getting that max hp treatment we're seeing around 280 uh being that big number um, but then it has uh, an attack for the same grass psychic and colorless called Lost Impact. This does 280 damage, and then you put two energy attached to your Pokemon in the Lost Zone. Um, so this is attached to your Pokemon, not necessary, necessarily Giratina. So you can attach, so you can take two energy from a different Pokemon and put them into your Lost Zone. Um, but we're talking big 280 damage. So that's a lot of damage for one attack. That's the biggest number I think we've seen that's not on a Charizard. Right. That again, um, slightly awkward, but uh, that is, it's not a bad attack, especially if you can chain um, accelerations uh, from back to back turns, taking Oko's on the V stars, obviously not quite the V max numbers. Um, but on its own, obviously we have plenty of damage buffers that you can do that. Um, so pretty strong attack, um, being able to almost one shot anything. Um, so that attack by itself is really, really good. Yep. Now, uh, we're just like every other V star, we have a power and this one is an attack. So for a grass and a psychic, just two energy, you can use the V star power called star requiem. Uh, you may only use this attack if you have 10 or more cards in the Lost Zone. Your opponent's active Pokemon is now knocked out. Mm -hmm. No ifs, no buts, no qualifications, except for the fact that you have to have 10 cards in the Lost Zone, and you're taking a knockout. Now, that's 10 of your own individual cards, not your opponent's. Yes. 10 cards, yeah. If you if you have 10 <coughs> or more cards in the Lost Zone. So that's why her first, the, 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 the V's attack, a little... Little cheeky, and you get start getting cards in there. Right. Um, and the 
the lost impact big attack does put two energy in there so you can use that a couple times to get closer to closer to 10 mm-hmm. and as we've seen um i started with giratina and this is because it's like making the effect of the lost zone worthwhile of getting cards in there we see trainers and other pokemon that deal with the lost zone really hammering this effect home right uh um not necessarily just uh to 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 add and accelerate stuff to the to the lost zone right so garatina on on her own wouldn't really be able to ramp up those 10 cards um in a game state like fast enough i would think even with that attack um, putting two energy in there (laughs) but say you get two attacks off uh plus some of these trainers we're about to talk about um that's when you're getting into that zone where you might be able to do it um in one or two uh turns yeah so um, of the other Pokemon, uh, there is uh, one, the other, before I get to the trainers, I wanted to go over like a two uh, quick Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there's a Comfy that's coming out with the ability flower picking once during turn. If this Pokemon's in the active spot, you may look at the top two cards of your deck and put one of them in the hand, you put the other card in the Lost Zone. Uh, this is amazing rare Jirachi, except instead of putting it back on your deck, you're putting it in the Lost Zone. So uh, I think amazing rare Jirachi in general is just better because you're not getting rid of the card. But if you're playing Giratina, you might want Comfey. I mean, instead. if you put a couple of these and you chain them with like scoop up nets, usability, yeah. usability, usability, go in with Gar- uh, Giratina, hit. I mean, that that's potentially like half your cards right there in one turn. Yep. Yep. Um, it just depends. Like Giratina might make good use of that, but other decks might not find that right. as useful as useful as maybe a Amazing Ray Jirachi. And then there is a new Shuppet and Bennett. Uh, Shuppet is just a something they're going to u- use to evolve to Bennett. Uh, but uh, this one, as on a stage one, has Puppet Memorial. Once during your turn, you may choose a supporter card from your discard pile. Discard pile. Reveal it. And put it in your hand. If you do, put this Pokemon in the Lost Zone. Um, so this is Versus Seeker on an evolution, and you're essentially not leaving. You're not taking up a bench space. You just have to go through the process of evolving the Pokemon. Um, so unfortunately, it's not repeatable because right. it goes to the Lost Zone. But fortunately, you're getting two Seeker. cards. You're still getting two cards. It's a versus seeker, and then you're also putting two cards in the lost zone. So again, um, without testing or seeing this, like with the three cards we talk about, um, you could potentially even do that um, with some Clef A's and then the Garatina. So again, more ways to get uh, cards in the lost zone is probably beneficial. Yep. All right, and then let's start talking about some of these trainers. Some of these sure. trainers here. So we got. Uh, Three, four trainer cards revealed. Um, you got a stadium, two items, and a support. Um, so we'll go with the stadium first because I think it's pretty cool. It's just Lost City Stadium. Um, and then when a Pokemon is knocked out, you put it in the Lost Zone instead of discarding it. So uh, everything else, all non-Pokemon cards attached, go uh, go still to the discard. But uh, if, if you want to knock something out you don't want to see again, there you go. Lost City just put it to the lost zone because there is no recovering it in the lost zone. Um, yeah. I mean, it is a strong effect if it goes off, but um, with a lot of these defensive stadiums we've seen in the past, um, 
your opponent can play around it just by bumping the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might not, it might not stick um, when you want to see it um, or potentially it might help your opponent. If it's like maybe a mirror match and then like you play it down too early and they don't knock you out and then you knock them out. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. um, it's just a matter of um, timing and depending on the matchups uh, it, it, Seems cool, but it might be something that's easily played around. Yep, I, I do see. It, I still do. I do see it being easily played around, but it might find a cool niche use on dropping it and then taking out something that you just don't want to see be, be recurred. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have uh, two other two item cards that are pretty neat. Uh, the loss. There's loss sweeper. Uh, you put a card from your hand into the loss. Right, you put a card from your hand into the loss zone in order to use this card. So um, you're going to put another card in the lost zone to use Lost Weeper to choose either a Pokemon tool card or stadium in play, use yours or your opponents and put it in the lost zone. So you're going to get, if you do your own, you're going to get two cards in the lost zone, but you can also get rid of that pesky choice belt, that stadium, like a path that might be blocking, uh, blocking your way mm-hmm. from using uh some abilities of some sort. So a field blower S card of real re- revolving around um, the lost zone. I mean, I think that I, I like this card either in a lost zone deck like Garatina um, or just like you said, if um, having like a, a field blower um, kind of a, a thing you can choose. So it's not just like, it's not just a tool. It's not just a stadium bump. It's either or, um, so having versatility um, seems pretty good to me. Yeah. Yep. Uh, might might fight Scrapper a little bit. I mean, Scrapper. Well, Scrapper is going to be going away soon. Or, well, yeah. I guess we have a little. We 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 have longer now in our set. Yeah. Um, but when Tool to Scrapper goes away, this has. I mean, this has just versatility because you have more options of what you can take away. I guess. Yeah. All right, and then the other trainer I think will find his home in in the Giratina deck in is Mirage Gate. Um, to to play this card, you only you can only have uh, you have to have seven or more cards in the Lost Zone, but you search your deck for up to two basic energies of different types and attach them to your Pokemon in any way you like. Then shuffle your deck. So uh, it's an item card accelerating energies. Um, they do have to be different types but you can use the Mirage Gate and then attach whatever else is in your hand and have Giratina up and running. So that's, that's even ha- better than having Garrett or um, Gardena's in there because you don't just, you don't have to have them in your hand, right? Um, search yeah. your deck, you search uh, your deck. And so it is a steep cost potentially with the seven cards in the lost zone, but I'm sure, um, you know, the compute, the community is going to make a deck, um, and the deck's going to become known pretty quickly um, to get seven cards in the Lost Zone to be able to use this um, pretty consistently. Yep. And and a seven might not be hard to get to, especially when you look at ways they're giving you to get them in there. Uh, we went over Comfe and, and just Giratina's attacks. But, of course, they're going to give us a supporter for the use to turn that's going to help us with this. So then we have Colrus's Experiment uh, is a supporter and uh, obviously you can only use it once during your turn, but then uh, you get to look at the top five cards of your deck and you get to put three of them in your hand and put the remaining cards in the lost zone. So uh, you're looking at the top five and you're taking two of them and throw them in the lost zone and then you're getting three of them. 
So essentially almost like a, I guess it's a draw three, discard two. Yeah, kind of I mean, it's like a, a shoes kind of, but uh, accelerated and also helping into the strategy of the loss zone. Yep. So uh, <laughs> again, trekking shoes is just an item, um, but it's always fun to um, be able to have kind of like some choice in the matter. Um, yep. So it seems like a, a card definitely to look into. I don't know for sure if it's going to be broken or not, um, but there there's definitely like player um, skill expression in this uh, for sure. Um, just in that choice alone. Yeah. All right. Um, and we can cover, they did release one more V we can go over. That's it for the trainers at the moment. Right. Uh, they did show us another V in the main article of Del Fox V. Um, so this is going to be a basic fire Pokemon um, to 10 HP. Uh, it has two attacks one fire for one fire energy for spooky torch your opponent's active pokemon is now burned and confused decent uh little first turn attack i guess if you had to do something like that um and then uh its main attack is fire fire colorless magical fire 120 damage put two energy cards attached to this pokemon in the lost zone this attack also does 120 damage to one of your opponent's bench pokemon so um Putting cards in the energy zone, or the energy zone, putting energy cards into the lost zone, and you're doing 120 damage to two different Pokemon. Um, I, I, that, we'll see. I think generally, I think that might be a little too clunky or too much energy dependent. Um, but you know, 120 to two things is not nothing. Um, you could definitely set up some math for sure, um, and take some big prize. Uh, you know, turns there. Um, so maybe not right away, like anything apparent, like a deck that it might go into, um, but definitely a card to keep in mind for, you know, some, some kind of math fixer probably. Yeah. Um, I think I like it. It's cool, but uh, three energy on fire Pokemon right now is a little hard to get to. Uh, two is optimal um, for fire, uh, but you never know. You might you might see this be able to, to take uh, good good attacks. Um, it is it is for sure one on the active and then one on the bench, so it's not as good as maybe Urshifu's attack, but mm -hmm. um, it's neat. I like it. We'll see how well it does. For sure. All right, I'm gonna. There was one more to talk about. One more. One more. Cram um, no, 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 no. Um, it was on a different article. And that's the the barbasol. Oh, the barbacle. Yes. Barbacle, barbacle, barbasol. Yes, whatever. yes, yes. Barbacle is pretty cool uh, too because of its good ability. So it right. evolves from Binacle, so you're going to get that too. But he doesn't do anything that crazy. Uh, but barbacle uh, has an ability. Um, it has an attack where it's going to do 100 damage too, but you're not going to use it for this. The ability is Lost Block. As long as this Pokemon is in play. Your, put it, your opponent puts any prize cards they would take in the loss zone instead of putting those cards into their hand. So um, it's nice to, I mean, uh, just say, hey, you need prize cards? Oh, sorry. No, you're not getting any. Like you are still like going, you're going behind in the game, but you're not giving, your opponent's not getting any benefit from getting those prize cards. Right. Especially if your opponent has a, something in there that they need. Um, 
it just goes straight uh, straight into the law stone. Uh, so maybe we're playing against, uh, I don't know, anything that needs a, a boss's orders, you know, for the next turn or something like that. They, they're just digging for that last piece. Uh, and, you know, it just goes in the law stone instead. So then they can't play it. So you might be prepared. I don't know necessarily how useful he'll be just in the general metagame, um, you know, being a stage one, um, having to, you know, be on in play. So I guess it might not fit in every deck, uh, but something definitely, again, to test it. There's a lot of different play strategies coming up with law zone. Um, and it's going to change the way a lot of players play the game. I think a lot of, established players kind of already have a good feel for it um, that played in the law zone era, um, but players like you and I have not. Uh, so there's a lot of stones to be, uh, you know, picked up and looked under uh, to see if it is effective or not. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for the law zone. I'm excited for that Giratina. Um, it, it, it is, it's going to change. Like you said, the way you play and there's going to be, because there is no way to recur anything from that lost zone. So if you get something that you need put into that lost zone, it's kind of like game over, man. So uh, it is going to change change up the game a little bit. So yeah, I agreed 100%. And uh, we do know, our last little bit of news, we do know the, the pre-release promos. Um, it's going to be a Machamp, a Comfey that we talked about. Uh, a Gengar and a Finian. Uh, we don't know what the Finian does yet. Um, the Gengar is the one we've talked about before because this is going to be a combination set of the Dark Phantasma that's been re released with um, like Hasui and Zorark. So mm -hmm. we've seen this Gengar. It's the one that you can bring it from the discard to your to your bench immediately. And then right. the same thing with the Machamp as well. So uh, we've yet to see the the Finian and the Comfey are going to be the new cards, and uh, we went over Comfey earlier, and we don't haven't <laughs> seen Finian yet. So, right. Uh, well, yeah, that's cool. I I mean, everybody loves pre or most people like pre releases. Uh, so I can't wait to see what we we get. Um, would there be any of these that you are specifically aiming for out of the four? Um. I think the Haunter would be pretty. I mean, the, the Gengar would be pretty cool. I think he's going to, uh, out of the, like, to get into use in a pre release, I think he'd be good because he's going to be a stage two that you can actually play with at a pre release mm -hmm. and get on the bench. And then, um, I don't know, maybe the Comfey too, just because if I want to build Gengar, I think I might use those. So, um, nothing one, none of them like jumps out at me like, I, I have to get uh, one right. of these. Right. The last couple sets have been a little bit like that, but I would I would tend to agree. Uh, the Gengar seems the most fun, at least, um, to play in a pre-release format. Yep. All right. Um, yeah, I think that's it for news. Yeah, that's gonna but, round that's gonna round us out in news. So yeah. Well, let's go ahead and go back in time a little bit. Um, this last weekend was NAIC, um, you know, our first time going to an IC and the biggest North American tournament this year. <laughs> and I think a lot of people were hyped. Um, there was a lot of stories, um, you know, to tell. There was um, congratulations to Azul GG and Isaiah Bradner for making finals. 
um, both well-accomplished players and, you know, everybody that, you know, made day two slash uh, top eight. Um, there are a lot of fun stories to tell there, uh, but I, I think I want to, you know, spend the first little bit talking about our runs, um, what we saw, uh, you know, how we did, and then kind of break from there. Uh, and let's start with you. Um, how was your NAIC experience and what did you take and how did you do? All right. Well, my experience was great. Um, I had a great time of playing games of Pokemon. Uh, I played, um, but uh, I, I went uh, for the main event for NANC championship. I took Lilligant, like I said, I was going to um, made some switches up. I was a little bit worried about Blissey and Miltank. Uh, so I put some cards in there to give me some options for that, uh, which I think I made my deck a little bit more inconsistent than I wanted it to be. Uh, so I ended up finishing uh, two, four, three. Uh, so uh, not where I wanted to be. Uh, middle that ends up middle of the pack of the 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 whole standings. Uh, I had some really good games, uh, but I also made a bunch of uh, mental errors during the the game uh, during the tournament. Uh, first, well, my game, the tournament literally started out with me getting donked. <laughs> so I knew it was going to be a great day from there when you're just like, when you open up, you're playing new and you're like, you're going uh, second and then you're like, all right. And then I benched an Applin 48 <laughs> B and that's it. He and doesn't even to, have to get the Meloetta play. He can just dog yeah, you uh, with the mute itself. Yeah, he, I was like, let's see how long this is going to last. And it, it he, <laughs> he literally, he just evolved and put double turbo on. And I was like, all right, game over. <laughs> he doesn't even need to use the L's. Oh, my. The yeah. Double turbo is enough. Yeah, he, he was going to win that game probably no matter what because he just had the, the setup to go. So uh, right. I fought back. I didn't – I lost that 2-0, but – uh, anyway, that was my first loss, but I knew that it was going to be up a hill battle for the rest of the day. I gave it my best shot. Um, I think, I think I personally did. I let my deck down a little bit because I did make some huge mental errors. Uh, one being how I, you alluded to in the beginning, uh, I misplayed my favorite card in, uh, in round four. So, uh, is game going to game three. I, I lost the first one, win the second one. We're having a tight game three. Uh, we get in the time, we're playing fast. I throw down Marnie. I had two cards in my hand left. It's like, all right, I'm going to Marnie. I just take those two cards and I just whoop, right in my deck. Not the bottom. Just, I was like, I'm going to shuffle. No. And then I, from that point on, I'm just like, I'm done. Um, <laughs> pled my case to the judges, got frustrated with myself. Ultimately, I misplayed it. It's irreversible. Game loss. So I basically gave the game and the set to my opponent kind of put me in a bad mood mostly because i know how to play that card and it's your favorite card yeah um i know how to play that card right i just let it i just nerves not thinking and uh cost me the game so it put me in a little bit of a down mood but i came back the next round and did win so i tried to bounce back after that um it was just hard matchups uh, just not getting the what i need every game that's why i said it's more consistency i made my deck a little bit more inconsistent and i know i made misplays throughout mm-hmm. so all together though i had a fun experience I, I think i gained a lot and i realized that like uh 
it probably wasn't a good idea to try something that rogue. If I was going to not practice as much as I could be right. that I was moving, probably should have just taken a proven commodity uh, right. because I, you need to know, like you need to know everything you're going to do. You need to know your matchups in that type of tournament, or you're going to struggle throughout the day. Right. I, I would agree with that sentiment for sure. So um, other than that, the rest of the, I mean, I played all nine rounds. I came. I, I wanted to not drop and play nine, so I did that. And then the rest of the week, weekend, fun times. Played some GLC. I had a colorless deck. I, that's I, I did pretty good over there. Won some fun stuff. Had some great experiences. Uh, experienced two v two team battle. That was like three hours of grueling two games, but it was it was a whole lot of fun. Um, so made some fun new experiences. It was a great time. I would love to do it again. I can't wait for the next one. So a plus for entertainment. Um, so yeah. I'm just going to turn it over to you, Jake. And now you have to tell me about how you did. All right. So uh, I decided to go with Palkia V, uh, Intellion or V star Intellion. Um, I did not play cross switchers. Um, so I guess I undervalued how good that card was. Um, I did play a heavy count of Irita, uh, so it would have kind of got, gone in there. Um, no Echoing Horn again. I was going for more consistent build um, overall. Um, it kind of just like the general like high level of what my deck was bringing to the table. Um, started my run pretty good. Um, went in my first four rounds. I was uh, three and one. Uh, played against two Mews, a mirror match, and then I believe it was. Uh, I don't even remember what my first matchup because I lost round one. Um, I don't even remember what that matchup was, but bounced back um, and won my first, uh, you know, the first three out of four. Um, sitting in a pretty good position. Um, and then go, then I went into, yeah, that's right. I played against Flying Pikachu in the first round. So instantly um, lost to the, the counter. And then after bouncing back, um, faced another Flying Pikachu. And then I was, um, shut down at the end where it put me at three and three um, by an Arceus Intellion. And I didn't really test that matchup too, too much. Um, but whenever the Arceus Intellion player uh, or anybody playing that matchup is the Arceus Intellion player, if you play it correctly, it's almost a auto win against uh, Palkia if everything goes right. Um, so, you you know, the strategy is not to overbench clearly, um, only putting out your, you know, your, your Arceus out and then one Sobble line. Um, that way you're being able to still use the Sobbles and then just chain uh, the Sharon's Cares together. And you really just, Palkia can never really reach that without the Echoing Horn. Um, even with the text that I had that with the, with the, uh, the belt and Leon still was just never enough to get over that hump and every time i did uh you know just a heel a heel a heel um so you know my lost to that deck which you know no shame i don't feel like i misplayed um throughout really any of my matches um for for what they were um of course there might have been maybe something um in those bad matchups that i could have potentially done differently in the gameplay but i think maybe i lost just with the preparation um, and, and, you know, my deck choice in general, um, we saw, you know, Isaiah and many other, uh, players with the, you know, the, the most popular deck, uh, Palkia 
V-Star with, with those techs in there to kind of help out those matchups. Um, I will say, though, that the Leon felt really good in the Mew matchups. Um, it almost felt like it was a auto win. I just was farming them um, going 4-0 against Mew just in general, um, being able to just OCO them. Them have to struggle to OCO me, and then if they don't, then I could just, you know, retreat. Uh, and then they're never really, you know, uh, having that prize trade-off uh, you know, proper on their end. Um, but I ended up dropping after 3-3, not because I was tilted or mad or upset. I was hungry. And our our fellow, uh, you know, local uh, Pittsburgh player, Steve the Good, um, also went 3-3. And we both saw, saw each other like, ah, let's go get some food. Um, and he kind of convinced me. I thought there was still a chance for points, and there was. Um, he's like, no, no, no. You basically have to make cut um, to you know make day two or make day two to get to get points. I'm like, okay, that seems kind of fair. Um, so you know, I I, I could have maybe stuck it out. I had a positive record, and then um, you know potentially got points again. It wouldn't really mattered um, other than just saying that I got points just based off of where we started. Um, yeah. So it wasn't too bummed. Um, I mean, I was bummed that I got eliminated, of course, um, that early, but I can't, I don't, there was, I, I've been running those games back in my head, uh, multiple times and there wasn't really anything, um, play wise. I think it was just the variance of bad matchups. Um, of course, against really good players. Like I said, uh, I actually, at this point, I want to give a shout out to everybody I played. Um, I have the list up here, um, Ethan, Ethan Hammer, um, Ru- Ruben Salas, um, Ryan Trodowski, um, Adam Senek, um, and then the ones that I, the one that I lost to that ended up getting 34 points and I believe got top eight was Steven Voresco and, and then also Steven, uh, Stefan Chen, um, all played well, great opponents, um, you know, fun games, win, win or lose. Um, I had a great time playing against all of them, learning some lessons and especially, um, you know, playing against Steve, just watching him in the master, his master of the play of Arceus and Teleon in that specific matchup. And of course it, it, he went on to go for, further in there. So it was kind of some validation where he kind of is the one that um, <laughs> ended my run. At least I can say it was somebody that went far and, you know, I learned a few lessons along the way. Um, so overall it was a very positive experience in the tournament. Um, and then of, of course, going into a few side event pods, um, taking home some tickets, taking home some wins and again, some cool swag um, is always a good thing too. Um, so again, bummed out that I didn't maybe, you know, make t- day two, which there's plenty of improvement, uh, room for improvement as a player, um, but still had a blast and love seeing the atmosphere <laughs> overhaul. Yeah. Did uh, <clears throat> when you went to the, the, the pods did, I know we really didn't play, we were going our, our uh, uh, we didn't want to play in the same pod, so we didn't still take us from each other. Did you play Palkia then too? And it was a running, no, play? no. So I, I wanted to change it up and I wanted to go off meta. And I started my day playing Baby Charizard. And we all know, like locally, how much I love that deck. Um, mm-hmm. And when it pops off, it pops off. And it did a few times, but it was just very inconsistent. So I went, <laughs> the only other match or the only other deck I had um, was Mew. So I was that player that played a few Mew games, um, but it was funny. That actually brings up a point. Everybody's hyped on or on on Darkrai, like Darkrai decks. I played against uh, one pod in particular. I played against 
two Dark Rise and a um, Samrot deck with Mew. Beat them all, all three of them. Um, and then played against... Uh, what's his face again? Uh, now I'm Dark Rise again uh, okay. in, in that tournament or in that pods and and beat it handily i didn't none of the games were close and i don't think it was like my opponents necessarily because it was three different opponents with three you know probably different deck lists i just think the deck is a lie it just it either just tears through its deck and doesn't get the energy acceleration or it just doesn't tear through a deck and then it just kind of stalls yeah you you yeah i don't know i didn't get to play it at all um at at I play against it at all. You might be on the right pace because I mean, I don't see that meant mu- that much of it, um, really. And if you if it can't get up to those numbers where it can KO you quickly enough, you just gonna take them, right? Take them to take them to school, right? I mean, if it's not beating the deck that it's meant to beat consistently and more often than not, then like I don't see a reason to play it. In that of course, is subject to change with cards that come out in the future. Um, but as of now, um, I, I don't see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I could I could kind of second that as well, but I was playing a deck that would want to auto-beat it just because, I, I mean, grass weakness. That's what I was hoping right. for. <laughs> right. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> it was. Uh, it's just a little lackluster uh, for the fighting options. Yep. All right. Um, <coughs> what else did you really like to see at uh, the NIC? Like, what was your other best experience really outside of the, just the tournament? Well, just being able, like I said, uh, seeing friends from outside the Pittsburgh area, seeing you, uh, of course, yeah. since you're uh, there uh, or not here. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you're not, uh, you're not here anymore. Um Getting to meet Judge Bunny from the Oregon po- uh, the Oregon Pokemon group. Uh, he was there doing judging. Uh, got cool. to sit down and have a, a, you know, a short conversation, but it was, it was a pretty good one. Um, and then, you know, just like all the other homies that we've seen, um, it was nice. Um, and then even just seeing faces like from Twitter that I didn't necessarily stop and say hi. Um, but, you know, just seeing people I recognize, uh, even though I don't know them, is kind of cool i know we were eating as a group uh having some food the day before day one and we saw um pumpkaboo out there uh so that was kind of cool um and and getting to finally i got saw toward Recliff, uh natalie miller um uh, just seeing those people in person and then of course i think uh just sitting down and watching the stream uh or the live uh stream i guess in person and audience watching top eight and then all the way going into, you know, the, the finals, watching that matchup, Isaiah versus Azul. That was a crazy three-game set. Um, of course, Azul coming out on top. Um, that, that game three was, um, before you saw hands, you would think Isaiah was going to win with just based off of how many mulligans uh, that Azul was giving him. I think it was up to four, potentially five. And with Isaiah playing a heavy path era, battle vip pass you're thinking okay well azul's just gonna give isaiah the the perfect board state uh isaiah's going first uh and then he just had a bunch of unplayable cards i don't know how he had the, it seemed like he had like 20 cards in his hand 
um, had no playable cards for the first two turns. Um, and then that gave uh, Azul plenty of time to set up. Um, and then Isaiah did make a pushback, uh, but it was just a little too late, a little too much too late. He was getting a Greninja set up um, to be able to set up math with a 90-90, then maybe potentially be able to take out two, three prizers. Uh, but Azul saw that play, and as soon as he bossed up that Greninja for a knockout, even though it was a one prizer, and it was it didn't really prize wise put him that that much of a position. Um, Isaiah already had to use his his um, GX, not GX um, V Star ability, and had I believe already won Melanie in the discard, so he was just too far behind. Uh, of course, he played it to you know he played it as best as he could with the situation the cards given. Um, but again, Azul played that so brilliantly. Um, that game two, I think, is where it was the biggest thing because that was the closest game. I don't know, they were all kind of close, but like Azul coming back from maybe being a little bit behind, um, you know, it was just a joy to watch. Uh, and then even just watching Isaiah on the side that's unfavored, um, just kind of the way he piloted it in different like sequencing and play arounds that, that he did to make the, you know, ultimately winning one game and getting close into the other ones. It was just kind of a joy to watch that high level play. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <clears throat> definitely was fun to watch. I mean, I remember watching the, the first game, uh, Isaiah, I mean, he just got that setup going and just got that train real heavy rolling before Azul could do everything. And just like, kind of like uh, you, you think of like a, I don't know if your other sports just kind of stole game one out of out from under Azul. Like right. just couldn't couldn't uh there wasn't anything stopping him from taking that one. Right. Uh, so, if you set up the board, it just even if you're losing like shot for shot, you're you're prize trading better. Yeah. And then uh Azul fought back game two. Uh and so it was a good good to see him fight back and and, and get back into that and then leaving that game three. I mean, coming down to the game three and watching it, it was a very good game, like just a great match to watch of Pokemon. And, and Isaiah did fight to the end to, I mean, to make it look real close. Well, I, went, it was I even kind of like got it was it, even it was even closer than it might have looked because um, Isaiah at one point had the the echoing horn and he had his damage modifiers, um, but Azul played it perfectly where he literally only had a. Uh, Arceus and one Pikachu in there um, at that at the point where this happened and no basic Pokemon in the discard pile so there was no opportunity for Zaya to get the you know the additional damage um, and then plus the damage of uh, the other damage modifiers to take a potential Oko um, that would have maybe you know put it in his well it would have put it in his favor if he was able to knock out a, a Pikachu uh, but ultimately he had to like retreat and try to buy a turn. Um, and then at that point it was just, it was just game over. Um, and you know, a well-played series by both. Yeah. Yeah. Super well-played was fun to watch too, um, uh, as well. It, just being, being there in person as well. It was actually also fun. Um, uh, I know that second day it was fun to watch the juniors play. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, the, the young guys have, I mean, it was, RCS Palkia as well in that right. finals, which was really good. And it went back and forth as well. So it was cool to watch that. I mean, it's always fun to watch the other games as well, too. Oh, for it sure. Me- it, it was great just seeing the atmosphere, um, the success of those, you know, all those individuals in the top, 
Um, and it's just the skillful uh, play of everybody, not just, you know, the matchup that we were talking about in the finals. Um, and, and, you know, there was plenty of, of things that we're probably going to miss, like having a Mewtwo um, V-Union in Xander's deck, uh, yeah. taking it by storm. <laughs> Nobody thought that that would happen. Somebody's having to eat some cards right now because they, they bet that uh, you would never see a V-Union at the, you know, at the, t- at the top eight of NAIC. Um, so always just fun, random decks that you're seeing, you know, out there, um, seeing success, obviously, uh, Xander's one of the best players in the world. Um, I don't know if like a player like myself will ever be able to bring a deck like that and have success. Yeah. I mean, I remember watching, we were watching that game over dinner when he was playing Azul and that he made Azul fight for his money on that. Like it's just those guys that play those control decks just have that, um, when you get in the top cuts, you just have that inherent disadvantage of being right. of, of time not being in your favor. Um, I, I think that's was, not to say that Azul was going to lose that last game. Um, but just because of the way the rule set is like, you're just going to take a prize before Sander ever really does uh, yeah. in a meaningful game with their, that little time. So um, even though, you know, it was kind of apparent that Xander's going to have to win game two and he was going to. Um, it was just going to take too much time for him to win that game and then, you know, go on from there. Yeah. And that deck list is crazy. Um, I don't know. I don't know where he comes up with his ideas, but Mad Prop Sander, you get, you just look at cards and go, okay, I got this. Like, I get the niche of this. So. Right. Right. No, for sure. Um, like I said, there's going to probably be many other stories that we're going to miss and, and, and whatnot, but uh, it was it was a joy to see that. Um, was there anything in the meta that we maybe caught you off guard or was it pretty kind of standard aside from that uh, Mewtwo list that, that, that Sanders group brought? No, um, I think so. I mean, I may have been wrong. I thought Blissey and Mil- Miltank might've been a bit more popular of a choice, mm-hmm. but uh, that I was probably wrong on that Arceus flying Pikachu probably, I think went up uh, in numbers. It did. I saw I saw I two of saw, them. Yeah, I definitely saw a lot more of that. I think I saw two as well, and I heard a lot of other people playing it. So that might have been the spike up in that. And but um, it's nice to see like um, like America Americans the North American events. We really own the RCS play and and trying to make him work the best with different pairings because mm-hmm. I think I saw a tweet somewhere where all the NA events were won by RCS. So. Um, that, true. that makes a lot of sense. Arceus is not going to go anywhere because he's just so versatile. It doesn't matter. You can put him with flying Pikachu. You can put him. You can put him with Duraludon. You can put him just straight with you know Inteleons. Um, we've seen other builds that have success. You can put, like you just pick a Vmax almost, and you can make it work. Um, and then he, you know, Palkia comes in here and has a lot of success. Um, but again, like I said, when I was playing my matchup. Um, you know, there's if if the player knows what they're doing, it's actually favorable against Palkia. Just keep your bench low, maintain your 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 discard pile, maybe play a couple ordinary rods to get them out there just so you can quickly get them back in your deck instead of in your discard. Um the deck can hit better on the two-shot game because uh if you set it up right, you know, with with that player skill expression and you know you're hitting consistently and accelerating energies. They're kind of wet noodle hitting you. Um, and all you do, you know, you 
you got to watch out for those starmies, I guess. But um, if you don't over energy, um, especially with that DTE, you can just you could just put one energy and then attach the DTE and then just one energy and then attach the DTE. So you never have to really worry about it too much. Yeah. That's, that was interesting to see. And I don't really know. I don't remember seeing anything else too crazy in the meta. I mean, I did in the later stages of the tournament. Um, I did play some odd stuff, but I wouldn't say they were necessarily popular. And it's probably where I was. They were probably relegated to where I was in the standing as well. Right. Um, uh, there was one opponent, I can't remember her name and I, I forget, but she played a Sidui <laughs> and, um, I know we all thought that card was pretty dead on arrival, but she made a pretty, pretty interesting deck out of it, uh, utilizing Grant as well. So I was, I was, it was interesting to see, um, uh, at least it was one, uh, one that I did, uh, I did like to see, I saw, uh, I did play something with Mill Tank. Well, I was all set up because I put a Zarud in my deck. That <laughs> uh, repeating whip Zarud that's very popular in GLC for the grass deck. I put it in there because you attach three energies, it can kill one Mill Tank in one hit. So in this, ma- I, this matchup, I thought I was playing a Blissey Mill Tank because he starts a Mill Tank in the active. I'm like, all right, I'm ready for this. Right. I get that Zarud out there, and like he. He played one Crobat going in, in just because I thought he wanted to draw cards. Uh, and then I got that that Miltank knockout. And then then he brings out Crobat V Max. And I was like, oh, this isn't this isn't Blissey. This is I'm bad. Like, and then he brought out another Miltank. I was like, I'm dead. <laughs> like Zarud isn't ready. Like he took the KO on Zarud. I have no recovery for him. I was like, he's he's there for one Miltank. Right. One Miltank. But uh, yeah, that was I lost that matchup, but it was that was interesting to see. But it was kind of like, well, if I did run into a Blissey, I did kind of make the right call. But right, who knows? Yeah, no, it's it, it's just a uh, you know a meta game that you got to predict, and then it's not even just the right deck. You have to have the right sixty two, because um, yeah. clearly, um, you know, my deck was solid, uh, but didn't have answers for some of these other decks. Um, you know, that with gusting plus, you know, X, uh, depending on what you're trying to go for in the game state. So lots to learn with, uh, you know, deck create creation um, going into, um, you know, next season, uh, since, you know, this is the end of the season for both of us. Yeah, that's really, it's really neat to see, especially at this time of the year. It's not neat. It is. You really can see how the last five or six cards you put in your deck. It, it makes make the biggest difference. Huge difference. Right. Because adding those cross switchers in can make a huge difference, not having them, uh, things like that. Um, the inclusion of a Phoebe and Pow Pad, mm-hmm. uh, just making a huge difference in matchups as well. So, yeah. right. And, you know, and it's, it's decisions like with cross switchers for me, I guess. Um, this might be a tangent, but I thought, okay, I'm going to get more consistent cards um, to help draw, to, you know, to get the Intelligent engine out there. Um, but like I never considered Irita to be almost like a guarantee to get both of them in one turn, um, which she is in that mid to late game, um, where you can Irita to get one piece to get a Sobble uh, or a, a you know a, a Shady Dealings piece, um, or if you had one already, um, you know to get those out there and basically boss what you need. Uh, so you know having that's kind of the reason I didn't put them in there um, and reasons why it's better maybe because of cards like Arita 
um, in the specific metagame, in the specific deck. Um, so there's always different reasons why certain cards are better in others. And it's just yeah. trying to identify that at the right time before, you know, any of these things. And again, uh, more lessons to be learned. So let me ask you this, Jake, now that we, you kind of, you said <laughs> the season is kind of over for us. Um, well, we'll, we'll wait to see what happens at Worlds, but uh, we don't have really any other events to prepare for besides just continuing our leagues. Where do you go from here? What, what's the next thing you're going to be looking at? Uh, deck wise or, or, or what deck deck wise, what do you deck wise for now? I just, you know, play, I mean, I'm not going to, I'll play the, the meta decks um, to be able to maybe just, just be able to sequence and kind of stay in touch with the game um, for this, for, you know, for the time being, Um, I definitely want to try to, you know, get better at predicting metas. So, um, maybe just be able to figure out why cross richer, for example, would be the card. So what's the next card? Why is that card going to be good in this specific deck? Um, and try to really focus on my deck building. Uh, because I think, like I said, I think my game is in a pretty decent spot. I don't feel like I made any in-game mistakes for the most part, all game. I think it was more of the preparation and and the 60 I brought to, you know, to potentially have different outs to different situations. Yeah. So I think that's where I want to get my game is improve my deck creativity and improve where I put my 60. Sounds good. Sounds like a great plan. Uh, How about you? Uh, I, I'm going to re I kind of like reevaluate all the current decks I have. I think I'm just going to pull things apart, um, start looking at what was top dogs and just see what else kind of speaks to me mm-hmm. uh, right now. Um, now that I've, I've done with, I, I've been real busy heading into the end of the season with, with other life things. So I'm going to see, try some meta decks out and see what else speaks to me um, and, and try and find that deck that like I had in Lilligant that, can maybe elevate my finishes a little bit better. Mm. Um, maybe something that's not a little bit more proven um, down the road and just try and see what else is out there. Um, test out what, what good things are, are good. Cause I haven't really played Palkia at all that much. Um, Cause I don't own it. I haven't done that much in person testing. Right. Um, I definitely want to try out RCS Pikachu, like the flying Pikachu. Yeah, I mean, well, playing decks uh, like RCS so. Pikachu and Palkia, it's it's just about figuring out that sequencing and and just perfecting your sequencing for sure. Yeah, so that's what that's where I'm gonna head. I didn't want to go off into a new deck tangent with the little amount of time I had to practice, uh, be that moving and everything. I wanted to, I, I just picked way early and just stuck with that to, to get moat max reps with one thing. So now I'm going to go back, break up the, the decks and, and rebuild some and, and just kind of like play around, see what's good and what good feels, what speaks to me, go from there. Right. Nothing wrong with that, my friend. Got to get the gameplay back on a 100% level because I did, <laughs> un, like you said, you, you had no misplays. So you want to get the, that deck building. I, I, I want to make sure I get those misplays out of my system. Well, I wouldn't I say I no misplays, some. but no like egregiously yeah, bad, like obvious misplays. Well, I'm sure there was something in there. Um, 
where I could have played cleaner to potentially give myself a different win condition um, in a lot of these matchups. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely just trying to clean up play for sure. Yeah. Well, I definitely know I need a lot more cleanup. So uh, that's where I'm going to go with that too. Right. All righty. You have any, anything else, any stories um, you want to share about uh, NAIC before we wrap this show up? Uh, I will. I'm going to just go on a, like a two minute, Tan, maybe that's probably gonna be more like five, but two minute tangent on you got to try. If you haven't tried 2v2 battles out, uh, they ran at NAIC, you should try one at least. Um, it'll take a little bit to get to learn, but it's like crazy fun and it'll make you think of like making a cool, really cool deck that like just synergizes with another deck. Because the only way I can sum it up is you and your friend, uh, basically fight three games of Pokemon with two decks. So you have, if you can imagine three different games uh, and then you have you basically each play a game and then a, there's a game in the middle that you are sharing you and your opponent, you and your, your teammate have to fight you and your, their opponents in that shared lane. It's just crazy fun. And there's a lot of really cool things you can think of to make decks synergize. And even me and when I play with Colton, uh, one of, one of our locals that was there, uh, we had a blast. We ended up winning the the, the little pod that we did. Right. But um, it's just a whole lot of fun. Like, and then you, once you play it, you'll realize like you can just take a bunch of different <laughs> cards that you're not like not necessarily meta, but you could just put them together and then make a really cool, crazy deck that will synergize and then do a whole lot more fun. It's just a fun way to play, a different way to play Pokemon. So yeah, for sure. No, I sat down and watched one of your, you know, a portion of one of your games. It seemed for, pretty fun. Um, it's, I, you, I was a little disappointed that you, Colton, and then your two op- opponents, um, which I believe one of them was. Um, yeah, it was Allie, uh, otherwise known as uh, Lady Dunsparce on Twitter. But you guys never, you guys never realized you were playing ADP on the on the board. <laughs> yeah, that was. That was hilarious because uh, Colton was playing uh, Dialga, uh, which you shouldn't play Dialga in this in that format. But uh, and then they were playing; uh, she was playing Arceus, and he was playing Palkia. Um, I can't remember their names either. I should have totally took notes, but I didn't. wasn't thinking <laughs> of it. Uh, so I apologize to you guys if you're listening. But yeah, they were. We had all three of them on the board. We definitely had ADP on the board. And my Lilligan deck just sitting there on the side sidelines, watching them collect extra prizes. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I say you shouldn't play ADP or you shouldn't play Dialga in that format because apparently we didn't realize this until after we started. You're not allowed to take extra turns in that format. So Dialga doesn't work. <laughs> right. Bring them anyways. <laughs> Bring them anyways. Just, just load them up and get a knockout. For sure. So the way it works, it actually isn't that horrible of an idea but uh uh as in using dialga but it, it, it is a fun little format to play if you need a day off from competitive and you can right. still like work on sequencing and, and stuff like that too for sure for sure all right well i think that's gonna wrap it up for us here on this episode um for this season um, it was a it was a fun season, a season of learning, uh, a little bit of hard lessons, um, but hopefully it will make us better as players um, for you know myself and you, Chuck, um, and our listeners as well. 
Hopefully you guys learned something from us along the way, and it will make you guys better players uh, for the upcoming season. Um, congratula- congratulations again to Azul GG uh, for winning the North America International Championships. Yes, congrats. Thanks again for listening to the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. Uh, if, as always, if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like, a rating, or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is, it goes a long way to helping out the pod. Plus, Jake, where can you reach us directly? Yeah, you can get me at Pinucks1 on Twitter, as well as Chuck at WatchWimsy and Ryan at ry for gaming you can also reach us on Twitter for the whole Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast at Pit Pokepod. Thanks again, guys and gals. We will see you all next time. See you later. That's all, folks. That's all, folks. I probably should have said the story where I, you know, I've been wanting Rosa for a year plus now and i've been looking for a good deal looking for a good deal looking for it in person i haven't seen it any available um you know and then go going into um you know the, the shops over there uh for the site like all the the vendors and i finally see it there it's like 105 dollars. like mm, it's probably a little overpriced but i'm thinking to myself uh do i want to spend any extra money right now you know with summer um, the first you know, time you actually see one. First one I see one. So I'm thinking, you know, the, you know, the, the, the collector in me, that's the card I want. That's the number one card I want. Uh, but the, the adult in me being the dad um, already spending a lot of money going to do the event. Um, should I spend it with, you know, summer camp and all that stuff already having to spend money. I'm like, I probably should hold off. I walk away and I'm thinking about it and I'm thinking about going back potentially um, to try to steal it. And then what happens? I'm sitting at a side event and Steve comes up. He's like, you want to see the collection of cards that I just got? And I could just see it on his face. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, no, I know what you just did. I know what you just did. And no, I don't want to see it. Thank you very much. And he's just like, all right. And he walks away. He just say, go back to the hotel. There's, there's Rosa just hanging out. Like that was my card. Thank you very much. I, should have bought it when I had the chance, but I didn't because I was trying to be an adult and you took my card from me. Darn it. Hopefully now that he has two, maybe he'll trade. Maybe I have plenty of good cards for trade, but I, I doubt it. Like I think he bought it literally just to rub it in my face that he had got a Rosa. Um, Cause like his face lit up um, that he got it and I did not. <laughs> Well, I was, I was uh, side note. I was there with him when he did that. And uh, he, I, I, I don't know if he, it was in his head already that he was going to get it. Cause we both saw it. And I was like, I hit him on the side of his arm and I was like, Hey Steve, there's a Rosa. Let's go get Jake. And he was like, uh, or like, do we need to get Jake? And he was like, I don't know. And I was like, <laughs> we should just buy it. We, or we just buy it and then rub it in his face. He's like, you want me to buy it? Just say bet. And I said, bet and he literally was just like i'm gonna take that rosa and i'm like okay that guy man come <laughs> on guys i i thought we were friends um uh, i think it, i think you can talk him into giving <laughs> maybe I think, you, I think you can talk him into getting i think uh I, if he didn't buy it i might have bought it myself just to make sure that we had a rosa somewhere that you could 
come up with the trade, I gave it to you. I mean, I'm oh. always down to give. I always like with Pokemon collection. I always want to trade for it. I don't like. I never want to sell a card for money, and I never want to buy a card for money. I always want to just trade it for the Pokemon card for value of money. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we'll see. 